This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to make that big decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And we have some better place to do it than your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And the way we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! MarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry Franz. What's going on, guys? Gentlemen, it's been it's a been, minute. It's been three months. Been three months. Three months. It feels like not, three months. Not quite, but it's been a while. It's Hasn't it? Since March? No. You're joking, no, right? April? Since... When's the last time we did a show? I just looked. It was um, April? May 19th. Oh. Five weeks. Yeah, that was that was me and Jeff's show, I think. It might have been. It's been a while since we've been with you. Because then, or you guys did the lacrosse selection yeah. show, and me and Jeff did the standalone thing. I um, did the Hunter Dickinson. That's right. Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm thinking of that. So you weren't there for that one. Yeah. I, I think I think it's been like three months since we it's did it. It's been a minute. I mean, I tell you, the, the funny thing is, again, we're all, we're all dads, and Larry's a little bit ahead of me and Jeff, but like, you know how like the end of the school year comes and you're just dying for school to be over so you can finally get a break from that schedule? And then the summer starts, and now it's just like, fuck, I can't wait till they go back to school, man. <laughs> like, I got this, sent him the, taking one to this camp and picking one up from that camp and then switching around, and somebody's got to be somewhere not, else. And He's not ahead of me. My daughter graduated high school um, three years ago. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Your daughter's ahead of him in college. I, I, I keep thinking of your, your son. Cause yeah, he's about I got, yeah, he got age. three more years left with him and then empty the nest. nest. Sir. Well, speaking of kids, I am coming from a hotel room today. You see, it's a different spot because I'm here with my kid in Austin, Texas. Oh man. Good memories there. Good Sorry memories. Gone to, you know what the question is, right? Yes. And I was going to get to that. <laughs> I sent pictures of when we all hung out at Cooper's. It was us and a bunch of other people from the from IMS. So whoever you guys are, I forget. This was five years ago who was all there, but there was a lot. And I wanted to go to the Concrete Cowboy. However, I think it's closed. Mm. Uh-huh. Every night I've checked, like looking, and it says it's closed. I think we closed it down the day after our show. Yeah. yeah, they figured they, it was never going to get any better than that. Because hey, man, we we packed 500 people in that place for our for our least. live show. I mean, that, that was that was a that was a legit ass capacity crowd, and it was <laughs> rowdy, and it was one of the best moments of my life. I mean, yeah, that it was, was fun. That I was wanted to, of course, which would have been amazing, would be to see Madison Graziati. Oh, I bet you do. That's what I was, <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Yes, it would have been so good if I could have run into her by accident you can probably catch her on only fans if you look hard enough <laughs> i've never been there i know what it is but i've never like actually seen it but just maybe, I'll, maybe i'll go do that <laughs> well, you're well, in a hotel room by yourself so i'll, I'll, I'll call it research. Yeah, now uh, or never i'm not i'm not by myself i'm here with andrew he's doing a internship at a music studio here so oh that would be really awkward with, then yeah yeah Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ralph is good to go. I just got the text. Nice. Go. We were worried about that. Yeah. He's good to and go. And before we get going, let us remark on Jeff's technological improvements, Paul. Look at this. Yes. I mean, it's what? taken almost 10 years. <laughs> get on my level. <laughs> almost. <laughs> And, he, and, he, and he, he's not only got the good branding T-shirt going on, he's got some legit ass like free airplane headphones. And he's got, yeah. he's got the blue Nessie that we've known he's owned, even though he yeah. refused to use it for years yeah. and years. Sure, everybody. Lost, no, 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 no. Hold on. I did use this for years. It got lost in the move to this house and I couldn't find it for months. Show everybody your headphones, Jeff. That, no, that I'm is not a, doing that. It's They're a sight to be to going to the... <laughs> Learning Center or whatever the hell it was called in 1986 <laughs> in elementary school. Yeah. So for the Resource, people. Resource Center. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it's the, like I dug them out of a box. I had my Air, uh, AirPods. They weren't charged. So I found them. They're in a little like sandwich baggie with my son's name on them. I think probably from, <laughs> like third grade. But yeah, guys have been on my ass long enough. I couldn't show up. I couldn't I couldn't stay, you know, keep slumming. Yeah. So everybody just bask in the glory of Jeff's somewhat normal sounding voice for this one time. We'll see what happens. Like I'm like but... I'm like Mark Zuckerberg level. That's right. I don't I don't have my microphone, but for people listening, if you just imagine like in the 80s, the type of headphones you would have plugged into a Walkman. Yeah. That's yeah, a little spongy, little spongy. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny little. Uh, I'm telling you, definitely, they're definitely just like the joints that they would give you on an airplane. Like if you were, oh, yeah. if you were going overseas, like they, you know, they come in like the little wrapper and like, you know, that they just plucked them off some dude's nasty ass head and like just threw them in a new wrapper and just, you know, put them back on the plane for somebody, some other idiot. 
if I don't have to hear you guys complain about it anymore and people on the on the message board like, hey, can you fix? He sounds like he's in a fish tank, you know. <laughs> as long as I don't have to hear that anymore. I'm well, at least, at least at least you weren't in a in a in a submarine this week. Uh, it could be worse. It sounds better than us. We already got one comment. The audio is so much better with four O's. You know it's good when there are four O's. That's right. It's a lot of O's. It's good to hear. It's your O face. Yeah. So what are we at? June. What's today? The 28th. June 28th. We're deep in the middle of the worst part of the year for a college sports fan. We are, I checked, 65 days away. No, hold on, hold on. I'm going to correct you. It's not the worst part of the year for a college sports fan. Oh, it's the worst part of the year for the college sports publisher. Uh, publisher. <laughs> and for the fan, too. It's the worst part for everybody. Jeff, Jeff digging deep yeah. for some content the, these the days. Fan, like... The fan can just tune out and just do whatever. I got. We got to keep the hamster wheel going. Although June, the past few years, has become crazy for football commitments. So there's been a lot of that. I will say the fans are not uh, quite as dialed in on that sort of content as usual for whatever reason. But it's better than, again, doing our lists of the top left-handed long snappers of the 80s at Maryland. So, Can you name one left-handed long snapper in the 80s? Yeah, I think John Condo. I have no idea. I have no idea. He went to the NFL for a long time. He was 2000s, though. Yeah, well, I bet I bet there was I I would bet there was one. We need to ra- ask Ralph if he had a a, a left-handed long snapper. That was <laughs> good. Yeah, ask him that. That's he probably good. immediately stopped the Zoom and hang up. But whatever. No, he'll probably know instantly and be like, "Yes, there was this guy." <laughs> oh, and, for sure. If yeah. there was one, he absolutely would. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure, if there was. Yeah, one. he has it all categorized in a database. Yeah. And to, and again, f- full full disclosure here. I was on the board of directors for the Maryland Gridiron Network for like five years when Ralph was here. So like, if you guys are looking for some hard hitting journalism, you're not getting that shit tonight. It's really oh, we're just getting the Chris be Farley. Remember yeah. that time? Remember that time yeah. you went, went to the Orange Bowl? Yeah. Remember that time that awesome. and all that awesome stuff happened? Yeah. Remember that how, time? How great was that? When Nick Novak kicked that field goal against Georgia Tech? Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, that reminds me. That was back in ACC boards days. Was it that, that? I think it was because if it wasn't, it was very close to it. I think it, it was pre-IMS, I'm sure, 2000, right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. 2001. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't start doing the scout site till 2005. Yeah, so I think it was still ACC boards days. And I remember going to the tech board, and there was a thread there that said, what's tomorrow's headline going to be? And it was all tech people posting stuff about tech beating Maryland. And I posted, oh, my God, Z, Bruce is Perry Perry good. I still remember it to this day. And I got a lot of kudos for that. Many. That is like Jeff level headline no. on, on steroids. No, oh, my so God, Z, Bruce is Perry Perry good. Come on. That's You're insulting horrifying. me. That's really It's horrifying. so good. It's so good. No. It, it, if you don't remember, George Godsey was the Georgia Tech quarterback and yes. Bruce Perry was the right. Well, our younger members may not know that. Yeah, the I know. Only, this... The only one as awful and like forced as I can compare that to is the great Gist Osby. It was like a magazine. <laughs> we did the cover. It had Gist and Osby jumping up and 
chest bumping each other. And I think that's Seth, Seth Hoffman. I think that was his fault. It's already it's tried to play like it. It was forced, forced, you know, word play ever on the great Gatsby, the great Gist Osby. <laughs> Yours might even be worse than that. No, mine is so good. It's unbelievably great to take two different players and pun both of them in one headline. Come on. It's so good. It's something. It is. It is. I got a lot of kudos for that. Everyone loved it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful night, and for sure. What was even more beautiful was was winning the game. I, I checked it out. I think Maryland was ranked 25th going into the game. They were 5-0. and mm-hmm. Tech was 15th and undefeated. And it was a miraculous comeback in the final minutes, wasn't it? Like they, he kicked the field goal. Was it at the buzzer or just before the buzzer to go? Yeah, in no, I remember that. But weren't were they down? They were. They were down. They were. I, I think it was very. Like it was very similar to the eventual Philip Rivers game where they were Ambush. down. They, like they just weren't. Things just weren't coming off. And I think. I think that might have been when they had the, uh, the Jafar Williams reverse. Uh, the reverse option reverse for a touchdown. And then Novak had to kick that field goal as the, at the buzzer to get into overtime and then kick another one to win it. So you know what? we have the main character in all this coming in like 10 minutes. Maybe we should save the nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I could just, t- I could just talk about that. No, it's not you. We're, no, no, it's not you. We're all, we're all that game. And then, and then when they clinched against NC state, it was J- Julian, Julian Gary. Gary. Julian in the, Gary in yep. the corner of the end zone. Yep. I remember just like, like dropping. And I've to my still, knees. I've still never seen a play quite like that where like the receiver looks like he's running the corner out and just sticks right on the, and he, like and right he nailed, on the pylon, you know, perfect pass. It was like, just beautiful thing. And then, then they went to the bowl game against Florida, which we all went to. And it still is, uh, a uh, special moment and board legend, right? It's the hoagie hot tub picture. Um, there's the, I was naked on the balcony. You guys know that story too. <laughs> um, and many other stories. I ran into, we went to play basketball. Were you there for that, Paul, when we went to play basketball? We no, ran I, didn't, I didn't go. I oh, did you not. didn't? No, I, I was a senior. Been Twenty still. years. So yeah, oh, I was okay. a, I was a senior still, and I you know I oh. just there was just no way. Oh. Um, so I we me and my buddy actually ended up um, going to uh, Santa Fe when it opened that morning at like fucking I don't know eleven a.m. or something, and parked ourselves at the bar and we stayed there and we drank all day long until that kickoff at like eight p.m. or something, <laughs> and, and then like, closing the place for like a quarter. It was great. Well, yeah. Well, remember Rex Grossman was, uh, he was benched cause he, he was, was suspended, he was for, suspended like... for a half or a quarter or something. And like things were kind of all right for a minute. And then, uh, and then he came they in had, and were not all right anymore. They had the play. It was like a fake handoff and they dumped it to the tight end, like three yards behind the line of scrimmage. He ran like 80 yards. Do you remember that? I remember yeah. the tight was the tight end. Oh God. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Vernon. Not no, yet. Before Vernon. Yeah. Jeff Dugan. Yeah, Dugan. I don't remember. But we saw we saw Spurrier the day before. We went to the gym to play basketball, and I don't remember who was there. It was like ten of us, and we saw Spurrier, and I said, "You're going to win tomorrow," and he said, "We should." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I didn't I say. I mean, anything. yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, he was there playing. 
He's yeah, playing he's, ball. He, he he's certainly was basketball. He's playing. That's hilarious. Yeah, he mm-hmm. wasn't coaching. He wasn't coaching. I mean, they were just kind of shooting around, like shooting jumpers and layups and stuff. They weren't playing like a full game or like a three on three or any of that kind of stuff. So he was a Heisman winner, man. Dude was probably pretty good at just about Dude. anything. Yeah, he's probably athletic when he was younger. Yeah. I don't know. Do we need to like blow through recruit basketball you want to do... or something first, something depressing before we get to the I fun would say part? So. All right. So I am unprepared because of my situation. I tried to look quickly at who the what was originally looked like it was going to be a great class, still could be but is seemingly less likely now, correct or no? I mean, it's too early to say it's, you know, to make any definitive conclusions on how it's going to end. The way it is right now is clearly several notches below where it typically is this time of year, not to say they're normally in the top 10 nationally, but somewhere in the 50s, lower 50s last I checked, although we did have a few of the recent unrated guys, I think, Received ratings today, maybe so that should basketball, change. homie. Yeah, oh, I'm in, oh I'm okay. I thought you're well, well, no, we'll, we'll get to how, that. We'll get to that mess after Ralph. <laughs> how awful is it that I said a seemingly good class that now is maybe not looking so good and it and could apply to either, either one? Yep, could be either sport. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. basketball, though. Basketball, you only need you know, if you get Derek Queen and a couple good players, then it's a home run. Yes. Football, you got it. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, nothing really damning has there hasn't been one huge loss, one guy that they really desperately wanted to win somewhere else. You know, they haven't gotten anybody to commit, but I don't, there was some thought that Queen might go early, but then he just played so well in the spring and early summer that I think that took that off the table. Sounds like, you know, he's going to officially visit in September. They're hoping Kanai Roofs will, but I've never gotten a lot of warm and fuzzies. I'm not completely writing him off, um, but, you know, he's – I'm not counting on that. I think you look more maybe at the kid Matthew Hodge, who we had an article on the site about several this week. Uh, kid from Germany, his dad played with Mike Jones at Old Dominion. They were actually roommates. They're very close still. His younger brother is a really good point guard in the 2026 class, so he could be he could be sliding up as Ruth is sliding down. Um, Daquan Davis, obviously, you know Maryland, I think decided to kind of move in a different direction there. That was the big, you know, that's if things don't look good, it's probably because of that one, obviously, because we thought they loved him and he'd be locked in by now, and he was essentially committed, verbally committed for a while uh, before things went in a di- different direction. Uh, Jade Musoff, they really want, he's a you know borderline elite guard, but he's somewhat similar to Roots, probably a little bit better chance I would say with him, but you know, it's, it's a little bit mysterious still heading into this summer stretch. And with most of these guys that they're recruiting, playing on, doing visits in, in September, they could go the whole summer without getting their first commit. Although you never know this time of year in June and July, a lot of times some guy will pop up that you fall in love with and you can get them on board fast. But as of right now, none of the known guys seem likely to commit really soon. Has Derek Queen potentially priced himself out of Maryland's 
range? Is that a possibility? It, I don't I, think so. Every time what I've I would. Yeah, every time I've asked people in the know about that, they don't feel like it. They feel like he wants to come home. They know what it's going to take. And so that shouldn't be an issue. But you never know. Kansas is sniffing around. If Kansas comes with, they're not going to come with Hunter Dickinson money. That that was elite, best all-time transfer money. No freshman's getting anywhere near that neighborhood or in a neighborhood even next to that neighborhood. But Did you ever find out how much that was, by the way? Yeah, I mean, find- I'm pretty sure it was $2 million a year. Jesus. And he could play for two more, right? Well, this, more. He, yeah. And then more, including this one. Yeah. 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 He could. Um, that's not his plan is what I was told, but if next year comes around and he's still not a first round pick, you'd be crazy not to. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's really quiet on queen, extremely quiet. His guy's not talking much His guy who's come running his recruitment um, so it'll probably be quiet for a little lot, little while longer. I think in July maybe it'll start to become a little more clear how many te- how many schools he's considering when he's going to decide things like that. I'm scared, man. It's scary. I mean, that's if you if you want the negative case, here's the negative case. I mean, they they took a while to come around on Davis, um, and then it seemed like they did, and then they decided they didn't want him again. And there's really no backup point guard option. I mean, Mustaf is more of a combo guard, and he's I mean, honestly, from what I've seen, he's, he's a bit of a ball hog, and I'm not sure about all the transfers and stuff he's done in terms of high schools. You know what what that's going to bring, but he's certainly a good player. Um, Roos, I think a lot of people were just kind of like checking off the fact that he was going to come here, and he's just not seeming like he's all that interested or will even visit officially. Hodges seems like a good player, but he's underrated, and he's seems more of a big forward more of a four than a you know kind of a wing guy so i'm not sure how, whether that takes a roots place necessarily yeah uh and, you know and queen obviously if you feel good about queen you you, you and we probably should feel about queen but i think the longer an elite guy sits out there not committing the more you get a little scared so you start looking around it's like okay maybe that Eliago kid from canada will reclass into this class and oh. They seem like they're on him, and and they he likes Marin a lot too. So that's that's I think a pure positive if that happens. But otherwise, man, it's it just seems eerily quiet. And I think if if Willard is going to approach the roster building in terms of bringing in freshmen and just sprinkling some transfers on top where needed, I mean, you could easily look at losing your basically you're starting five next year, right? Depending on who that happens to be. If DHS goes nuts and goes early in a week draft, maybe he's gone. Reese could be gone. Obviously you're not getting any more from young or, uh, or Dante. Man, it's, it's, it's looking a little bleak out there. Uh, Just, I, again, I, I've been on the board. I I think um, I've been, I've been kind of emoting about this stuff. Uh, on the message board, and I, I don't want to seem like Debbie Downer or anything, but it, it is—it's a little concerning, is what I what I would say, and I think that's—I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Oliagu. I forgot to mention him because of the whole reclass thing. Twenty—he still hasn't reclassed. Technically, he's still uh, 2025, but I think that's a foregone conclusion. Top top 50 player in the in the class, super athletic Canadian wing. He'll visit in um, August or September. I really like if there's one guy who who I would say I feel best about them getting, it's probably him slightly just because Queen has been so quiet. 
I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not implying that I've heard the Queen's not coming, but Oliagu, I think they're in a really good spot with. So there is that. There's, there's a question on the board about three other players not mentioned yet. Uh, Malachi Palmer, Bryson Tucker, and A.J. Swinton. Swinton, they, I think, was a secondary guy. Mike Jones had recruited him, had coached him for a little bit at DeMatha, recruited him he, at Virginia Tech. He committed to Mike Jones there. Um, and I just, he just wasn't, you know, he was just a tear down, and he has uh, named his finalists. Maryland's not on the list. Uh, Malachi Palmer, you know, I was, they recruited him really hard last year. That was Tony skin. When he left, it got a little quiet. I didn't think they were recruiting him anymore. He's a six, five guard from Mount Zion prep, uh, in, uh, Laurel, I believe. And, um, he has been really quiet too. I was told about a month ago that they are actually recruiting him. He's kind of an aloof, you, you just don't hear much from him. So I, I don't know. I think he's probably on that second level until further notice. And then um, Bryson Tucker, no chance. I think he's just elite, elite level. Uh, one of those guys, classic local guy who's a five-star coming all the way up and just is too good for Maryland. Like I don't, unless they're quietly recruiting him, you know, I could see him going to the G League or some sort of professional route. It's a whole different deal. His dad doesn't even let him play AAU ball. He just trains all summer. So it's, it's a, you know, one of those uh, professional type of development type situations. So I don't see that one as likely at all. And is there anybody else we're forgetting off of that list? Any other remote possibilities? Uh, I'd have to look at my list. Those are the main guys. There's, there's more secondary guys. There's some backup plan types. And obviously you have to replace Daquan Davis on your wish list. I think there's a good chance that that'll just be a wait, wait for the portal kind of situation. You, Paul, you're talking about the following year when they come in and be freshmen, who they're going to lose. On the other hand, if the people who can stay, stay, and then they get this really good class, you're talking about a potentially top 10 team again. No. You don't think so? DHS, no. Kaiser, Julian Reese, and then you get Derek Queen and Mustaf and whoever these guys are, multiple top 50s and 100s again, back-to-back -back top 10 classes with Reese. That's if, if Reese, yeah, if Reese, I, that's fair. I, I forgot Reese. I, I'm already considering Reese gone. But, yes, if Reese decided to stay um, and you end up getting this type of class with Queen and with some – high-level guys and DHS stays too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you could, you could imagine that situation, but that, that, that really does feel like the best possible case scenario. Well, like, yeah, I, that's... But you know, I'm not necessarily counting on that to happen, but yeah, that absolutely is a possibility. So yeah. Know, then there, that's fair to like throw that out there. Probably top 10 ish. Right. Uh, I would guess in that range. I mean, when you got the best center in the country, he'll, he would likely be if he came back for a fourth but year. You, you got to know how Kaiser and Lamoth and and Harris Smith actually play, though. Right? Yeah, like there's a lot of true. There's a lot of lot of wish casting about you know. Yeah, how yeah, good it's they're true. Gonna be it's and, true. You know, you just you just never know. I mean, it, it's just so. I expect hey, DHS is going to come in and Ralph is here. Let me cut this off under his okay. daughter's name, Katie. It's his daughter, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Waiting for him to join. Sorry. I'm going to turn the camera to my dad now. It's okay. Thank you, Katie. I'm an IT person. <laughs> there he is. There he is. How's it going, Ralph? Pretty good. Pretty good. We have I'll... with us one of the greatest coaches in Maryland history, maybe the greatest, arguably, Ralph Friedgen. Thank you for joining us, Ralph. Good to be here. Were we going to say Paul real quick before I no, go? No, I, I I have to I have to get a, a fishing report from Coach. I know the uh, I know you've been out on the boat recently. So how's it going down there? How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just just a just a lucky guess. I just got off about half hour ago. Would you? Any how'd luck? you do today? Yeah. One small flounder. That's it. Oh, <laughs> well, they can't all be great days, right? We have a lot of wind. You know, I went out today. It wasn't much wind, and then. The afternoon it picked up a little bit. And I was the tide wasn't right. It's hard to get to where I want to get with my boat, but uh, I just put a trolling motor on it. And my balance isn't real good, so it's a real adventure when I take it out. It's either, <laughs> you know, I struggle to get it out, <laughs> otherwise I'm going overboard. I'm the only guy fishing with me, so that wouldn't be good. Yeah, no. <laughs> so how how things been going since you? have left the crazy world of college coaching and you're into a more normal life. How is that going? Well, I just had a, my other hip replaced on February 7th. And what, you know, I'm in really pretty good health. My weight is down. Um, but I have this neuropathy that's um, really kicking my butt. It's just, uh, it's all the way up my left leg. And sometimes it's as far as, my mid cat, mid thigh, you know. So, you know, I have to walk with a cane just because my balance, my hip is great. It's I'm a lot better now that I had the hip replaced. I was in a lot of pain before that. My wife just had hers done last Monday, and oh. she's already better off than I am. So, <laughs> uh, nothing sudden, Gloria down. I'm yeah. Sure. No, no, she's anything. We got to try to slow her down, but uh, we're both <laughs> look good, you know. I mean. We're, you know, we're, we're old. It's, I tell you what, getting old, it's tough. <laughs> you can't be a sissy and get old. You know, the bright side of getting old is that you start to uh, reap some rewards of what you've done over the years. So, so tell us how it feels and what your thoughts are on this nomination for the College Football Hall of Fame. 
Well, you know, it's it's just kind of a, a real honor to be even nominated. It would be really an honor to be inducted. Um, I was nominated last year, and then uh, actually uh, Debbie Al is kind of really pushing me for this, and uh, she kind of recently said to me, "I need to have a a greater social social media presence." So my daughter, my daughter Katie, who works for Etsy, and um, she's been wanting to film me while I watch games. I watch, you know, Saturdays I watch four games at a time. I have picture in picture, and I go to huge TV. And uh, she thinks the comments that I make should be put on the internet. I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> but uh, she's kind of talked me into. She, she originally said, you know, uh, what were your 10 top games of your career? I started looking at that, you know, I kind of stopped at 15 and probably 20 of them, you know, and uh, from, you know, from being a coordinator all the way through. So we kind of decided to do this football by fridge, excuse me, uh, football by Frigian. And... Um, we're, we're going to try to go through the first three seasons at Maryland. And, you know, I pick out games and I'm, some of the games, I do it all off of the YouTube and some of the games are not on there. So I kind of have to ask for some favors from some people if, if they would send me a TV copy. I feel like I'm a GA. I'm breaking down film, <laughs> down numbers and, the, the, you know, and it's not as easy because I don't have a clicker. So I got to, but, uh, it's it's been you know I've gotten a lot of nice reports on it you know a lot of kids have called in and actually some kids have actually said they you know got very emotional during it you know and so it, you know I've decided to try to get all three of them done and, and in fact we're going to work on some tonight you know my my daughter's works all day and then she comes over and does this at night so but uh so you know, would it be spoiling it to ask what the top two games at Maryland were? Well, the top two games at Maryland, that, that's, I'd have to say, you know, the NC State game that we that we won the Atlantic Coast Conference. And we haven't got that up yet, but I've done that. Um, it, the Georgia Tech game is is one of the first years. That, that was a unbelievable <laughs> game. Um, and, you know, then the other one I have up there for the first year is the Clemson game because um, going into the Clemson game, we had 54,000 people in, 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 at that time, Bird Stadium, which was the largest crowd that for quite a while. I remember they had to bring in temporary bleachers to... to you know, uh... I think I, I, when I left, left Maryland, I looked up what the, the top 25... The largest crowds were we had twenty two of, you know, wow. the years span. So you probably still do, Coach. Yeah, but that game was crazy because um, you know we we played Dominique Foxworth. We we broke his uh, red shirt, and he came in and played. They attacked him uh, with a really good wide receiver, and he just held up unbelievable. And uh, you know, we won the game and then everybody rushed onto the field. In fact, Katie, my daughter, got trampled and uh, Chrome Cox actually saved her life because it was that crazy. 
Wow. They tore the goalpost down. They were throwing oranges on the field, and <laughs> you know, it was really bedlam. And it's uh, you know, I, I kind of point out what key plays of the game. I I think I go at the beginning of it. I say, yeah, this might have been the key play of the game when the fans came on the field. But <laughs> it, it's uh, that was you know. And then you know, I'm, I'm working on. I've done. I've done uh, 2002, and I'm working on 2003. And you know, 2002, you know, everybody said we were going to be one-hit wonders. And then we went up and we got killed by um, Notre Dame in the kickoff classic. And, you know, we, we replaced a lot of our leaders from the year before. We had such great leaders. And uh, what happened was, as the, as the season went on, we, went, we lost our first two out of our first three games. And then um, we kind of got... Um, you know, we had a couple of games that were uh, out of league games that we got better at. And then we had to go up and play uh, West Virginia in West Virginia. And uh, Scott McBrien had transferred. And Scott was having trouble picking up our offense. You know, he had uh, he'd never been taught to read coverage. And what would happen is, I think this happened to him in the kickoff classic you know when you get in a game like that you just revert back to what you knew before you know and and that that just doesn't work in my offense so <laughs> so he he writes in his book and and, and it's true on the ride up to uh, morgantown i sat with him on the bus and had flashcards, and i would flip the cards and I, they would have a play a formation on it a defense and i would call a play and he would have to tell me what the free safety did who he was who was his progression he said you did it for 4 hours coach i i wanted to just get some rest but he went up there and played unbelievable and then he just kind of took off from there and i remember wasn't it I, I remember watching the game and i think doris burke was calling the game and i remember her saying I don't think Maryland can win Scott McBride with the sidearm throwing motion. I remember her calling that out before the game. And then, yeah. of course, yeah. Well, you know, when he called up and wanted to transfer, Bill McGregor called me. And, you know, he said, would you allow him to, to walk on? I said, yeah. I said, I'm not going to tell a guy from Bath that he can't walk on. <laughs> So, you know, I saw him, he was kind of undersized and, and I guess he had wanted to go to Maryland, but uh, previous staff really didn't, didn't think of him. Well, I watch every tape, you know, so I watch all the scout team stuff too. And I saw this guy, he had an arm, he could throw. So I called him in two weeks later and I said, as soon as I get a scholarship, you're on it. And I really thought he was going to be pretty good. But it, it was, you know, you don't pick it up 15 practices in spring practice. Well, no, because you had like a 4,000-page playbook, didn't you? Uh, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's but it's, it all kind of relates on each other. You know, once you, it's not as hard as, I think one of the secrets of my success was how to make your offense more complicated to defend, but simple to run. And, you know, with all the different formations and, you know, you, you got to use your, personnel but um once you learn the basics then you can keep adding on to it and you know scotty won 21 games for us in two years i mean that's pretty good he did 
he sure figured it out, right? <laughs> yeah. When he got going, he was pretty darn good. So just goes to show you, I mean, you know, how, you know, different people just got to be at the right place at the right time. I think, look at me. I mean, I tried to get that job three times. I think the good Lord was waiting for me to come and meet a bunch of great kids who just wanted to win and pay the price. And I was able to hire a great coaching staff and, uh, you know, in our administration, you know, especially for the first few years were really, really great to me. And so we had a real winning combination there. You know. Well, Ralph, I'm actually curious, um, when you came in uh, in 2001, obviously you, you had that spring practice and you get August, but like, when did you start to feel like maybe there was really something here uh, that just wasn't maybe being tapped before in terms of talent, mentality, and the ability to, to really go and win games? It was kind of a kind of an unusual situation because, you know, I played the team the year before, and um, I really was not that impressed with them, to be honest. Yeah, you spanked us, I believe. <laughs> well, it's kind of a right. funny story too because <laughs> Bunk Carter, who was the groundskeeper, you know, I I was disappointed I didn't get the Maryland job when I when I was at George when I was at San Diego. So when I went with George to Georgia Tech, part of the deal was I, I could name the score against Maryland. Well, you know, we're going up there and I don't, I, I had no idea that Vanderlyn was even in trouble. I, I, you know, I was, I was so far removed from thinking that I had ever been even noticed by Maryland. But I got off the bus and, and, uh, Bunk was there and he says to me, I should take it easy on us today, Ralph. I said, not today, Bunk. I'm going to beat <laughs> I don't think I used exactly those words. But, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if you go back and look at that game. We won the toss and deferred. And then we elected to kick off the second half. <laughs> so we kicked off both halves. I said, George, what are we doing? He said, we get the ball in the fourth quarter. I said, this thing's going to be over in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I, like, you know, I came in and, and, you know, I got to, to meet the kids and, and even in my interview, I thought they had to, they asked the best questions. And, um, you know, I had early morning workouts at five o'clock, five o'clock in the morning and twice, two days a week. I, we did it on, uh, I believe it was on uh, Mondays and, and Thursdays. I did it on Thursdays because I I went to Maryland too and I knew everybody goes out on Thursday night. So so we did it on Fridays so they wouldn't go out on Thursday. That's what it was. So it was <laughs> Mondays and Fridays. But um, you know McCoy was it McCoy McCoy um, um, the quarterback was um, McCall Calvin McCall. Yeah, he want he wanted to go play basketball, and I said. You can play basketball, but you got to be at the morning workouts. So he says, "Why do I have to be at the morning workouts?" I said, "Because if you're going to lead the team, you got to be at the morning workouts. Because you know that's that's where we find out who's willing to push it and who's not." You know. So, you know, he said, well, "I got a basketball game tonight." I said, "That's your problem." <laughs> morning workout, you know. So came spring practice uh, was right after uh, spring break and he came in and said he was not going to play and 
he was going to go to uh, basketball. I said, yeah, good luck. He said, that's it? I said, yeah, good luck. I said, I want guys that want to be here. You know, and I went with Sean Hill and never looked back, you know. So, uh, and then he wanted to come out the, the next year. I said, he could come out, but he had to be a defensive back because I knew I had uh, Scott coming along. I didn't really need to have a quarterback controversy. And the kids kind of said, well, he can't play defense. He said he was a it was an all-American high school defensive back. What are you talking about? They didn't think I did my homework, but but he went back and played basketball and, and ended up graduating, and everything was fine. But um, when I went to spring practice, then I saw how good EJ was. I saw the promise in, in Bruce Perry, even though I was on his case all the time, because <laughs> Bruce was like a lot of good high school kids that are very fast. He kind of wanted to go east-west all the time. And I said, you got to go north-south. And I can remember in the first game in North Carolina, he ran north-south a few times. And even I said, wow, this guy's got a chance to be pretty good. I wouldn't tell him that, but I, <laughs> I thought he was he could really be good. And, you know, and, and so we kind of just kind of things kind of fell into place. The Julian Gary, you know, made big play after big play. And what's interesting is when I'm doing 2002, and I never realized this until I'm going through these tapes now, we had more depth in 2002 than we really did in 2001 because those kids had another year in the program and guys like Latrez Harrison and Scooter Monroe and, and uh, Steve Souter all of a sudden blossomed in 2002 where they were kind of spot players in 2001 and um, and it's it happened really on defense also you know we lost we lost uh, Aaron Thompson and and uh, Mike Whaley and we came in with uh, Jamal Cochran and and uh, Sean Merriman for playing the, the Leo so we had pretty good depth there yeah then we had Leroy Ambush playing really good at, at the Sam linebacker position and then we had both we had Leon Joe and Leon Joe doesn't get enough credit. He was a heck of a player. But but the EJ, the more I watch him, he, he is – I would say he's the best linebacker Maryland's ever had. He, he is just an unbelievable football player. He reminds me of a lion going after him because he's a big and he just mauls people. And great tackler, great uh, stunner, great, great, great blitzer. And, you know, he, he was a leader by – Example, he um, was kind of an introverted guy. Didn't doesn't say a whole lot, and um, I know I got to see that the first scrimmage, the first time we could put pads on in spring practice. I always, I always try to end practice with some competitive, you know, event, and the winners would go in or be rewarded, and the losers would run. So the first scrimmage we had was a goal line scrimmage and the offense won. So I kept the defense out and I ran them gassers. Well, there was about five guys that refused to run fast. They just kind of jogged. I said, you know, man, it is a wonderful day out here. And I just love coaching football. <laughs> you know, we're going to be here until all you start sprinting because this is, I'm not looking for guys who are jogging. I want to see you run. So they ran about three or four gassers and they were still jogging. And I said, I'm still here. So then all of a sudden EJ went 
and whispered. I don't know what he said. He whispered in all five of those guys' ears. And they started running like hell. I said, oh, I found a leader, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of those guys didn't didn't last. They 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 left the team. But uh, you know, it was it was one of those type of things. We had a lot of guys that just wanted to be on the team that didn't want to work. The ones that wanted to work, they worked, and they were we 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 had twenty four periods every day, and they didn't complain. They went out and they worked, and you know. I, I was just really blessed to come into a situation where the kids were just tired of losing. They were tired of being five and six. You know, winning six was monumental. And I, I was a little disappointed when that was their goal. But, you know, when I look back on it, they never won six games. They wanted to go to a bowl game. And uh, we ended up winning 10 that year, you know, and 11 the next year and 10 the next year. So. You mentioned Sean Hill, Ralph. Um, so who's the biggest overachiever? He made me think of this question. He might very well be the answer. Who's the guy who you got, either who you inherited when you arrived or who you recruited, who just did way more than you ever could have anticipated? You know, I remember, I, I think we had an off week at Georgia Tech. I remember watching the Maryland-North Carolina game, and he came in at the end of the game and almost won the game. And I was kind of impressed with him from afar, you know, just how he ran the thing. He was a guy who, you know, he's coach's son. I don't know if people know that. But he he picked things up very fast. He could pick – he picked up reading coverage real fast. And, um, you know, he had – he didn't have a real, real rocket for an arm, but he had good enough arm. And uh, – he could look people off. He could see. He could see things, and you know, he, I think he played 13 years in the NFL. And I remember as a Pebble Beach with that coach's classic, and uh, it was I can't remember the coach's name right now, but um, probably because of my old age. But uh, he was with he was with the 49ers, and Sean had come in, and the quarterback had gotten hurt, and they won like five games in a row with Sean. And he, this guy was telling me that um, the coordinator didn't like Sean. He didn't like the way he throws. I said, you know, tell a coordinator it's not a beauty contest. It's who can put the ball in the end zone. I said, he just saved your ass's jobs. <laughs> and that's that's who he is. He's a winner, you know. And uh, even in the NFL, he, if, you're a, if you're a backup quarterback in the NFL and you can win games, you got the best job in, college, in pro football. Because you don't get beat up, but you get paid pretty darn good. Hey, Coach. It seemed like for decades and decades and decades, college football sort of moved and progressed at a snail's pace. It seems like now massive monumental changes are happening regularly every year, multiple times a year with NIL, the transfer rules, uh, realignment, playoffs, and expansion of the playoffs. How do you feel about all that from the time when you coached when things were pretty static for a long time to the way things are now with how many things are changing? I think if I was coaching in college right now, I'd go pro. <laughs> Pros have contracts. You know, at least you know how long you got a guy for. I enjoyed coaching pro football, but I always thought something was missing. And what was missing is 
you don't have an input into their personal lives. You know, when you're a coach in college, you have an effect on kids for 18, 19, 20, 21 years old that you can help make them a better person and, and, and be able to, to be successful in this society. In pro football, they're already grown up. But to do that, to, to have an impact on kids' lives, it's like anything else in life. You have to have trust. There has to be trust between two people, whether it's a man and wife, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a boss. If you're going to be productive, you have to trust each other. I don't see how they get trust anymore because, you know, it looks like if something doesn't go right for a kid, he jumps in the transfer portal. Or if, if the kid's not what the coaches thought he was, they tell him to go in the transfer portal. You know, or, you know, it's it, or if I'm not getting enough money, then I'm going to look to go somewhere else that can pay me more money. You know, I, I think we're losing something that was really special about college football. I mean, I just had a reunion with the guys from the 80s at Maryland that I have a reunion every year. They came down here this year. I mean, that... 1983, 84, 85, how many years? That's 35, 40 years? And we still have a relationship, you know? Or I get calls from Bruce Perry all the time or Nick Novak or especially with, or Jafar Williams, you know, or uh, um, Trent Hughes, his mother. She invited me to her wedding. I, I watched it on like we're doing now. <laughs> it was on a, you know, I mean... I don't know if you're going to get that anymore. I really don't. And that's sad. I think that I think the schedule is crazy. I was all for early signing date because I thought it would um, it, it would have an impact on, on decommitting. But it's become the major signing date now. And then I just read something in the paper today that they're going to let guys out of their commitment, you know, if after they sign the letter you can you can now decommit. I mean, what what's the letter for if you do that? You know, <laughs> and it just goes to show that there's no trust. It's no. It used to be a handshake. You go into a home and you say, you know, I'm going to help your son. You know, get an education, uh, get an internship, hopefully get a job. You know, and try to help him in those lines. You know, I think you can still do that, but you know, now there's, you know, I. I never was for selling the kid's jersey and all that. I think, you know, they call it, what is it, name, image, and likeness? Yeah. But they're paying these kids. They have nothing to do with name, and image, and likeness. Everybody's getting paid now. Yeah. You know? so I mean, the, whole, the whole sport is transactional. Everything's transactional now. And uh, so I don't know. You know, I talked to Mike the other day. He goes, all I do is raise money. I said, what the hell do you think I did when I was at Maryland? I said, it was a different reason. <laughs> I said, you got to watch that because it'll wear you out. I said, uh, you know, I, I said, you got, you know, they, they got it good right now, but he, he's got other problems that I, that I did, never had, you know. So there's so, always problems, you know. So speaking of recruiting, what's the, is there one recruitment that was the wildest that you can recall or one that, kid that you got that you never thought you'd get until the last minute or anything like that? No, there's a lot of them like that. I could probably write a book on recruiting. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you this one. It was when I was at Georgia Tech. 
and we weren't doing too well. And, and George O'Leary, Georgia Tech had uh, uh, an architect build both of our homes. We lived in the same neighborhood. So we, we commuted in and out of work every day for five years. So he kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's Christmas time. We're not, we weren't going to a bowl. And he comes over to my house. He said, hey, I'm going up to New Jersey to see this kid play basketball. Come on, take a ride with me. We could get on, we'd go to Delta with Georgia Tech people. We'd sit in first class. We'd get on, you know, they'd take care of it. So we're driving, we're flying up there. And all of a sudden the guy comes out of the cockpit. And, you know, he's, he's starting to pull up floorboards. Pilot is, and he's looking under the floorboards. And I'm sitting by the window, and George, we're in the second seat. And George goes, I, I don't think our landing gear is down. I said, What? He goes, When they're looking like that, that's that's what they're looking at. I said, I could be home right now. I don't need to <laughs> go. This is your kid. So we go, we go, we bank out over Westchester. We're flying in the LaGuardia. We bank out over Westchester. And the, then the guy says, that we're going in for a crash landing and we got to dump our, our gas over the water. And, uh, you know, I, they go through the whole routine. You know, you got to bend down, keep your head down, put your head between your knees. So I said to George, I feel sorry for these two guys in front. Because if this thing crashes, it, all you're going to see is their two butts sitting out of the head. The... <laughs> so I, we're, we're coming in, landing, and I'm looking out the window, and I see all these fire trucks and stuff. And George <laughs> reaches over and says, good luck. I said, F you, George. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, the, the flight attendant says, now when we land, to, to, don't don't rush out of here. Just be 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 very orderly. I said, get the hell out of my way. <laughs> yeah, right. Door. <laughs> so, yeah, that was. Uh, and we got the kid, and uh, he ended up being a decent player. And then his brother came, and he wasn't very good. But uh, <laughs> now, how did the landing go? It actually crash landed with no wheels. No, what happened was the light was off. The wheels came down. Oh, okay. Actually, guys, I saw wet their pants. I mean, it was it was a little harrowing experience. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I asked the I asked the flight attendant how many how many of these have you had? How long have you been a flight attendant? It's a thirty something year. She said, "This is my second one." So I kind of put it <laughs> in perspective, but um, yeah, was it's not something you want to go through. All right, Ralph. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. No, I just I, I just wanted to get in before we before we let you go. Um, you know, one of the other changes that's obviously very big for Maryland is playing in the Big Ten now. I mean, I, I know a lot of us uh, kind of romanticize those old days in the ACC with the round robin, the nine original teams. I'm curious what it would be like for you to be able to have the opportunity to coach uh, Maryland in the Big Ten. Would that have been an exciting thing for you, the, the challenge of it, or or maybe something that wouldn't feel quite quite right for an old ACC guy like yourself? Well, probably one of the reasons why I got fired, I, I, I had a dinner with Kevin Anderson and, you know, he asked me about it. And, and uh, you know, I said, just from a, from a perspective, from a fan perspective, I don't think it was going to be well received because we had been we were initial members of the ACC, you know, we've been there forever. But I understand the financial rewards from it. And 
you know, with what Maryland has right now, I mean, they've got first-class facilities. They, they're, they're able to recruit academically. Um, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be, be able to compete. I think they're in a tough comp, in tough division, but, you know, you got to beat some of those teams, you know, to, to, you know, I, I get, I, you know, I talk to Mike about after every game, I get so pissed off really because, you know, we beat ourselves so much, you know, we, we penalize, we get too many damn penalties and they're silly penalties. And I, and I, you know, we talk about it all the time and I could just see the agony. I'm wondering because I see him on the sidelines and I could see that. You can see the look on his face, right? <laughs> He's probably saying that damn Friedrich's going to be talking to me tonight about the same thing, you know. <laughs> And that was a secret why, you know, when I got the job, Aaron Thompson asked me the best question I had of all, you know, when you, when you, when you interview a Maryland, it's like an interrogation. I mean, you go through about nine different committees. They got, you know, but the best question was, he said, so what are you going to do that the other coaches didn't do? They're not going to make us win, you know, which basically that's the question, right? Yeah. So I said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is teach you how not to beat yourselves. Because if we don't turn the ball over, if we don't uh, have penalties, if we don't uh, have sacks, if we don't drop the ball, I had a whole, I had a whole formula for offense that if you're under 12%, I've never lost a game, 12% error. And what I said, what will happen then is we're going to beat some people that beat themselves. And when once that starts happening, then we're going to get confidence, and then you're going to be bigger and stronger and faster than you've ever been, and then we're going to start believing that we're pretty good. And once you once you believe you can win, that's the trait of a winner. Because losers always think they're going to lose somehow. Winners always think they're going to win somehow, and that's what you got to get turned around. And you know, what Mike's got to do is got to beat Ohio State. He, he's got to beat Michigan, you know. And I think he's close as hell, you know. And if he just gets that where they beat themselves, then all of a sudden you're going to see a big change in the whole program. They're going to take it to a whole nother level. And that's what he's got to do. And Because I think the talent, especially the skilled people, he's as good as anybody in the league, I believe. I think the linemen, you know, they've got to get better, bigger, stronger, faster. But, you know, I think he's doing, you know, it's, it's not an easy job. If, if it was an easy job, you know, like I think, I think what Debbie's saying to me about this Hall of Fame thing, she goes, you're not getting the credit for what you did at Maryland because they had 16 years of losing before I got the job. And we were winning when I left Maryland. <laughs> you know, I have to laugh. They said the 19, I'm, I'm looking at the 2002 season and we're playing Clemson in, in Death Valley. And uh, they said, well, Maryland hasn't won here since 1985. Well, that was the last time I coached the Death Valley at Maryland. <laughs> you know, and that was a hell of a game too. That's one of my games that I would probably do, but... Uh, uh, so, you know, I think Jerry Claiborne, Bobby Ross, and Jim Tatum were the guys that won before me, 
you know, and and we have what a, I think when I got the job was 102 years of Maryland football. So, you know, it's not like you're walking into Penn State where they win every year, regardless of who the coach is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they have a tradition, you know. It's, Ralph, I have to ask, you mentioned Kevin Anderson and your, your, you know, your meeting with him and all of that stuff. Is it, When you look at how things went after you left and it clearly did not quite match the good to great label that it was tagged with, is, it's hard not to hold a grudge or think what might have been if it, things didn't go down like that? Well, when, when we went two and ten and I met with Debbie Yao, two days in a row. She wanted me to fire some people. And I, I didn't want to do that. I said, I would fire people. You know, I would fire staff members if I didn't think they were good coaches. I said, it takes, takes me probably about a year to get a new staff member doing the things the way I wanted to be done to start all over after being two and 10. I ain't going to get it done. So she said, well, if you don't win seven games next year, I'm going to let you go. I said, well, how about we raise the stakes? I said, how about, I, how about if I don't win the conference championship environment? Hmm. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, I got 36 freshmen this year. I said, they played as hard as they could. They're just, they're not ready. You know, they, they we turned the ball over way too much. We beat ourselves most of the time. I said, but when I look at what the, are they trying to do what I'm teaching them? They are. So she did a, she did a, you know, a, an inventory or whatever. And I got the highest grades I've ever gotten. And because I saw they just were young. So then we go nine and four and we got a quarterback because every time I have a quarterback, I have a good team. Danny O'Brien wins the ACC Rookie of the Year. And um, I, I, I just wanted to stay two more years because I wanted to see what that team could do when they became seniors. And he didn't, you know, he didn't want to. He, he thought we could be a lot better. So my, after, the, after I did the press conference at the Military Bowl, and uh, I was walking out, and Gloria said to me, what do you think? Are you upset? I said, we posted our score. Let's see what else, let's see what somebody else can do. We're in the clubhouse, I said. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew how, what a hard job. And I called that, so I tried to help him. He said, oh, we, we did it like this in Connecticut. I, okay. uh, it's not surprising. <clears throat> and I coached with that, so, you know, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, I tried to help him. But, hmm. but Anderson, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of use for Anderson. <laughs> I don't think anyone could blame no one could blame you for that. Yeah, no, that's no, that's no, the no, headline no. of the show right there. I don't have a lot of use for Anderson. Well, none of us really do. It's yeah. very common. Anderson Ralph, Anderson, so, Bobby Ross, and Ralph Regan, two pretty. That's people. amazing. Yes, pretty so, amazing. He could really pick winners, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I was I was going to say thank you for your time, but if you want to keep going with that stuff, we'll, <laughs> we'll stay on all night. If you're you got, yeah. if you got nothing going on, don't talk to me anymore. You know, yeah. I had the dentist the other day, which she said, "I miss you." I said, "You miss me?" I said, "I've been there for one time for a whole year because 
you know, she didn't do something I asked her to do. But anyway, so she says, nobody does. She said, twice a week, you would do a press conference, you know, in your office, off the cuff, you know. She goes, no one does that anymore. I said, I don't know, why not? I said, you know, I, I said, when I, I look back over the 10 years at Maryland, you know, I didn't agree with everything people wrote, but sometimes I look at it, I say, you know, I could see their point. I think I was treated very fairly. You know, I don't have any regrets about that. And I told the media, I said, look, I'm a very emotional person. Some days I'm going to come in very happy. We had a great practice. Some days I'm going to be upset, you know, but I'll try to do my best, even though we didn't have a good practice. And I said, some days I'll get emotional and I'll almost start crying. But that's who I am. So if you want to, I think I would be very good to cover. But if you do, if you do me wrong, then you're going to get yes, no, no comment. And then <laughs> your job is going to be hard. And I'm not going to be very comfortable doing that because I usually like to say what I feel. Well, I can confirm you were great to cover because as I've told people over the years, I've never had access like we had when you were there. You could go pick out any player after practice, pull them over and talk, tons of availability, grab an assistant coach, and it is it has not been anywhere near that level of access. access they call that now transparency. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess it's tougher. I, you know, I guess you can look at, at, at the way, say, Mike runs his ship. It's tougher because everybody's got social media. So if I can walk up and just, you know, decide to video 15 minutes of your goal line scrimmage or, you know, post that somebody's walking around in a brace, you know, that could screw up your whole, your I whole week. I only in the first 20 minutes and then, I, you know, I was, and I, and, you know, I would, I would have a coach assigned to the, we would join all the other, um, what do I call it, uh, chat lines of, of our opponents. Amazing what you would learn from there. But I would tell our guys, if I see if I see anything on a, on one of those chat lines that talks about practice or plays, or, <laughs> you're done. We're closing practice. None of it. And I used to allow, you know, Terrapin Club members and MGM members to come to practice, but if the one time I would see that they were done, and I would have a guy checking out because I would learn, I would learn something every week that we we didn't know about that uh, people would would reveal from practices. You know, that's why they don't do that. But you know, I guess I'm turning into a social media guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of, we can segue into that. How can we uh, follow you? Is it is it football by Freegion on uh, Instagram and Twitter? Or my here's my IT person. Football yeah. by Freegion on Facebook and um, Instagram. I don't have it on Twitter, um, but uh, it's on YouTube as well. Okay. So basically, we're releasing clips of sections of the videos on Instagram and Facebook. And then on YouTube are the full games. Um, so he walks through right now, I think Georgia Tech 2001 and Clemson 2001 are on YouTube now. Awesome. Yeah, we can Great. link to all that stuff too. Yeah. So, so the, uh, two, the North Carolina game, which was was a pretty big game. That We've done that. She's just about ready to get that up there. Well, can, can I ask real quick, what was your reaction other than four letter words when Willie Parker ran for like yes. yards on the first play? The first play, yeah. <laughs> Gary Blackney said to me, 
I didn't say a word. And I know everybody in the stands was saying, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but that's been my whole life. So, you know, it, Gary Blackney said to me, am I fired? I said, we got 59 more minutes, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other 59 minutes were good, too. So. Yeah, they were excellent. Yeah. Yeah. around quickly. Kids, we won that game in February in the way, in the in the early morning practices because they had a good team. You know, they were ranked and they had like I think four of their guys went in the first round. And wow. uh, we took, you know, they got that was the only points they got. I, I was I was really blessed that Charlie Taff and uh, and Gary Blackney and. Um, my other man. Charlie Taff? Oh, uh, that's a special teams guy. Oh, Ray Rich. Coach Ray. Yeah. We're, we're great, great coordinators. I mean, the defense we played with Gary Blackney was unbelievable. And Charlie was, you know, Charlie came in and ran my offense. And uh, I think I called two plays the whole time. Mm. One was good, one was bad. I was like 50%. Were they, were they trick plays at least? No, they weren't. They were, you know, but, I, you know, it was. Uh, used to run that thing where the wide receiver would kind of cut in real quick and you do the real quick pass on the in, on the slant. Yes. That was very common, right? That was a check a lot of times. Okay. We coverage, we saw pressure. You know, I, I I give the quarterbacks they, they had the ability to get out of the bad play. You know, when I was when I was playing offensive guard for Maryland, and I would see some stuff we had to run against. Now you take a guy who was an ex quarterback and play him at offensive guard, and I said, "There's no way this play is going to work. We want to be getting out of this thing." So I always gave our quarterbacks, "This is what we run. We always we never wanted to run a dead play." Joe Hamilton, the kid I had at Georgia Tech, he got a judge, he got a job at Georgia State first year. He calls me up and he goes, Coach, remember you said we should never run dead plays? I go, Yeah. He said, We run a lot of dead plays here. I said, He said, Should I show him how to do it? <laughs> I said, Not your first year, Joe. Just you're lucky to be got a job. <laughs> but uh yeah, he he's uh so and Sean could get us out of place, and then and then uh, Scott finally learned how to do it. When I was in the NFL, Stan Humphreys, when he was with the Redskins, they never checked out of a play. They had checked with knees, you, you know. But so Stan says to me, "How are you going to do with all the different personnel groups?" I said, "It's simple, Stan. When we got a tight end, it's this check. If you know, it's this protection." When we have no tight ends in the game, it's this protection. The same routes. Oh, oh that, that, that's not that hard. No, it's not that hard, you know? Yeah. Well, now you got these guys cheating. You were, everybody's looking over to the sideline for their checks now instead of having the quarterback run it, right? Well, yeah, that, you know, to me, I used to tell Don Brown, change the defense. I said, because they can't check the play again. They run out of time. The defensive guy said, we can't do that. I said, why? Offensive guys do it all the time. <laughs> you know, just have a, a code word you, or move your nose guard or move you get out of a, you know, too deep or go to three deep, you know. And he, he would do it. I said, I just got to do this once or twice and it screws it up. I, I never, I, you know, I never thought, people still do it, but 
I think it's better to have the quarterback do it because, you know, the quarterback's like the coach. He needs to he needs to know the whole offense and you know and and, and be able to put us in good situations. You know, that's the that that helps you be a good play caller because if you're just calling plays, sometimes they they're they're getting paid on the other side too. You know, right. Never wanted them to know when we checked. I, you know, now they, you know, when they look over the side, you know, they're looking, oh, what, what, do we want to run this or what? You know, yeah. well, as a, as a checking, you know, I, I want to I act calm, like, you know, don't try to show that you're checking, you know. So, as an offensive mastermind and guy who's seen a ton of QBs, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Talia? I think he's pretty good. I think the, the, the concern I have with him is with the offensive line a little bit. Yeah. I don't take guys on at the line. They back up. I've told Mike this. And what happens is he's not real tall. So then now that protection and all of a sudden now he's scrambling. Yeah. And then he's, you know, he kind of holds the ball a little bit. To me, I like the ball up and out of there, you know. As a former offensive line coach, I think you know, I'm a big believer in timing throws for the most part and, and being able to read coverage and, and know where, the, where to exploit the where's your best chance of being successful. But he, ha- he has vision. He has a good arm. Hell, you know, can't, you can't argue with the kid's production, you know. But I think if he could get that out of his game, I think he'd really be pretty good. Well, Ralph. We went way longer than we had planned. I just want to thank you for your time. All the reminiscing is great, especially for us older folks who were lived through that. It's awesome to talk to you through that. We want to wish you good luck with the Hall of Fame vote. We all want you to, to be in there representing the Terps. Um, one last thing we ask of every – what's that? Plug me as much as you can. Yeah, we – hey – no problem. Absolutely. We will get back to you. One last no thing. Question. When we ask if everybody comes on the show, could you do us a favor and say, this is Ralph Friedgen, and you're listening to IMS Radio. This is Ralph Friedgen, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Thank you, Ralph, so much. Thank we will you, definitely hit you up on that. I'm doing that because I usually screw that stuff up. Oh, you did great. <laughs> that was perfect. Nailed it. It's a bitsy. You, she, he called Mitsubishi Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great take in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph, so much for joining us. This has been amazing. And and by yeah. the way, Coach, we're we're happy to have a monthly uh, chit chat with you just to go over football stuff. Probably. Yeah. We want to do post games with us. How about that? I could do that. There we go. All right. We'll oh, have our man. People, we'll have our people talk to your people, and we'll get that set up. We'll be talking to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and please please uh, pass pass along my best to Gloria. We had we had lots of fun back in the MGN days. So uh, I hope she's doing well too. It's amazing. I had the best coaches, head coach's wife ever. <laughs> yes, yeah. you did. Confirmed. You can it, right? You can send that to me, right? I can show her that he said that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can clip that out for you. It's you know, yeah. his wife's uh, you know, would uh cook a tailgate. Well, cook a tailgate, but critique me from the audience. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. We will definitely be in touch with you. It's been awesome to have you on the show. And good luck with that vote. Thanks, Thank Ralph. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, Katie. Thanks, Bye.
Well, that was amazing. Just wrap the show. What the fuck else Holy. are we going to do to follow that? I mean, I mean, I had all kinds of content. <laughs> I got a <laughs> wheels made a funny non-revs report because there's nothing going on. And all he did was bust on you the whole time, Paul. Yeah. And then I had a whole Marilyn Rakeham. Forget Scrap it. it. I had Scrap fill in it. the blank for him too. I was like, Ralph is talking. Let's let Ralph talk. It's well, funny because I remember being in the <laughs> media room, like during the weekly media sessions and after the games and hearing him talk about these same players and say similar things. So it's like a total deja vu scenario. I was going to say it. It's when it, I was starting out as a reporter. The same with all those, all those MGN events we used to do, you know, like we used to be, you know, we used, I used to be able to just walk into practice, you know, like just because, you know, I was, a, I was a nobody, I, but you know, I, I was a booster helped out at a low level and that was enough to be able to just walk in there, you know, kind of watch stuff and and be trusted to not screw things up, you know, in the way that he described, you know, it was a very different world. And, you know, when you talk about that, you know, kind of football family stuff, I think a lot of that, that that might it's a big deal to Michael Oxley. It, it comes from Ralph and Gloria too. You know, making that what's such a big enterprise. This you know the idea of a football team and boosters and all that stuff into what felt like a really small kind of family operation. And you used they, to do uh, those cookouts and everything, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. She cooked all the food with now. Yeah, and and like the like the, when we would have MGN meetings, a lot of times we'd go to Ralph's house, and Gloria would make a big dinner, and you yeah, know, there were like I think ten of us on the board, eight or ten at any point, and you know it's it was just like a family meal or something, you know, and we're trying to figure out what we want to do to to help, you know, make some more money for the program, and you know, cover the things that <clears throat> Debbie wasn't covering. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, those those were good old days, man. I mean, I, I hate being old enough to be able to reflect on something that that was kind of a long time ago like that. But uh, it, it really was different. And uh, and it was nice. So also one funny thing, he mentioned Trenton Hughes. Do you know why that was funny to me? No. I wanted to ask if he ever shook his hand because. Oh, was he the handshake? He was the recruit? guy when I started doing this, as many of you know, or of our age remember there was a, some guy who had a really popular maryland site and we started doing it and he got very territorial and it was hard to break news because he was getting everything fed to him and finally i broke a commitment for the first time and it was this kid trenton hughes and people went to his site and said is this true and he said uh no no it's not official yet because he hasn't he didn't shake Ralph's he didn't hand. Shake Ralph's hand. And yep. then, like five or six hours later, or the next day, he said, "Okay, he shook Ralph's hand. It's a commitment now because he didn't want to admit that I had scooped him." So there's God, I didn't running, know that was Trenton Hughes. So there's a that's... running inside joke on the board. Did he shake Ralph's hand yet? That's been going for almost twenty years, seventeen years with. So I wanted to say, did you ever shake his hand? But I, I, you know, he he, he probably would not have gotten that. <laughs> that's fine. That because that worked. That makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, make Paul, a lot of people happy. Paul, how are they going to look tonight? Last thing real quick, off topic. Huh? Tonight, yeah. U.S. national team. Oh, well, they're playing like like some little Caribbean island. So if they don't win like 5 nothing, that would be pretty bad. Okay. Just had to ask you real quick. <laughs> okay. I know Just Jeff get, loves, get that, loves our soccer questions. It's ra- you're talking um, U.S. national ra- team. Racquetball? Yes, yeah, uh, the, the world, the world pickleball uh, championship. Pickleball, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. I like. I think US is looking strong. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, big time. All right, guys. Good. That was. I, 
I'm going to nominate it for one of the best interviews we ever done. Maybe best in terms of just pure interview. I know we had the Walt Beebs, which is iconic. We had the Norlander fiasco. We've had other things like that. We need a greatest hits page. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's cool too? Like just, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, these football coaches, man, they're just built different. Like, you know, they're such workaholics and kind of borderline crazy people. And Rob just seems happy and kind of, you know, like you can tell when he's willing to talk like that, like he's in a good place. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty just happy he's been able to find some, uh, some, you know, being content in retirement. And I really do hope he makes and, all of fame. Oh, we're doing some content with him for sure. Absolutely. You heard he said he's going to do post game shows. We're That's doing right. that shit. We, we are, are we doing are, that. You, we got to get Katie because she's she's the yeah she's the uh, the linkage here. We got to yeah. make that happen. So everybody listening and watching right now, follow, subscribe to us on YouTube so you know when those shows go live, post game shows. Yes, and we will tweet out and post and stuff the um, the uh, football by free agent stuff too because yeah. I, I've seen some of that on uh, on Instagram and it's really freaking cool. So yeah. I'm getting some easy content out of that. Oh, hell yes. yeah, man. That's got you covered for months now. <laughs> All right, fellas. I'm going to eat at Cooper's again. Maybe tonight. That was so friggin' oh, good. It was no, so it's, good. It's too late, man. They're going to be out of a lot of stuff by now. It's only 825 here. I'm sorry, 725 here. Still, I don't know, man. I don't anyway. know if it was Cooper's or what, but I remember we all went out the night after the Texas game and whatever bar we ended up, bar restaurant had the best brisket sandwich I've ever it's had. It's Cooper because I oh just had it for lunch today. I'm like over dinner again. It was so good. I'm oh like th- three blocks from that is where my hotel is. Anyway. All right, guys. Great show. I don't know when we're coming back. It's summer, right? Like We'll come back when we need to come back. We'll come back when we need to come back. Please subscribe because, you know, you got to see us do post-game shows with Ralph Friedman. Right. And then you won't know that we're doing it if you don't subscribe. So, yeah. the notification. That's right. Yes. Thank you guys very much. This is IMS Radio.